Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome to the Celtic Wave Podcast. I am your co-host, Matt Kinzera, along with one of my favorite people in the universe, Scott Jenkins, the creative director for Celtic Way. And today, Scott, I'm excited because there's some classes launching here in the near future that we want to give some insight about and talk about. One of them is the Gospel According to Luke, and the other one is Living the Celtic Way. And these classes are available to anyone. So, Scott, maybe just start by sharing what's the inspiration of, of sharing these classes and uh, teaching them and, and why why specifically uh, I guess especially the 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 gospel of Luke class that's always the one that people ask most about like why are you doing this so I want to, I want to begin <laughs> with reading a quote and it's from Thomas Merton one of my favorite authors he said this by reading the scriptures I'm so renewed that all nature seems renewed around me and with me. The sky seems to be a pure, a cooler blue, the trees a deeper green. The whole world is charged with the glory of God, and I feel fire and music under my feet. I love that. I love that for a bunch of reasons. One is, that's probably the last thing that people think of today when you want to, hey, we're going to have a Bible study. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I gotta go. I have a dentist appointment that day. I'd much rather go to. And and maybe that is the point, you know, because the scriptures were such a centerpiece for ancient Celtic Christians. It was their source of nourishment. Lexio Divina came to them early in their history. Sitting around the scriptures with a small group of people gave them plenty of time to pray and to run down the hallway to the little library they had to do some research and go back out into the garden and just chew on what they've read. And it just was uh, was the source. It was also their gift to the communities around them. That is the love and, and the place of scripture. Because after maybe a year or so, they would begin to invite the fellow villagers in to teach their children to read. And what did they teach them to read? The Psalms, you know, and then eventually to sing them. And so that was the whole purview Loving your neighbor by giving them your extra animals and and your extra animal coats and blankets and extra food, taking care and making friends of those villagers. And then you could talk to them about God and about scripture, but not before. There's no reason to have that conversation before unless you knew them and cared for them and showed them that you loved them. And And the scriptures was part of their gift. Uh, to this culture, and it was transformative for everybody. In our culture today, I have read a few books even recently about how the church can misuse the Bible and literally use it for like, I'm going to defend and fortify my theological position and why we keep certain people out and why the rest of us good folks are in. Or it's used just to, I mean, just to make Christianity all about a journey about getting to heaven, which it's not. It's not that at all. 
And so I wanted to reclaim some forgotten turf, some things that I think are really important. And I've always said to people, it's difficult for me to be a Christian without figuring out my relationship to the Bible. I mean, like it or not, that's probably where the stories of Jesus are going to come from, you know. And, um, and I don't read it like I better bow down before it and do exactly what it says and without arguing and having a dialogue. I, I really think the invitation of our scriptures is to see them as what ancient people believed about God. And it was important to them. The ancient scriptures were not exactly what God believed about us and everybody else. So it's, it's a very unique uh, position the scriptures hold in the Christian church. As long as we don't universalize that belief, then I think we're off to a healthy start. So in our class, you'll always get a cultural, historical, sociological background and very responsibly and slowly, we will move to the question that everybody's always in too hurry to get to, like, what does this mean to me? Well, hold on. <laughs> it, had a, it had an audience before we came. It's going to have an audience long after we're gone. And it's just important to take the steps as carefully as we can. But we can, and we're called to engage it. And it can't just be a head trip. Really, the, I think the ancient church read it in a very mystical, uh, very uh, heart-centered way, and it spoke and transformed them. I'd hate to lose that because a few people have turned it into a club that we're going to beat people with, you know, so... Yeah, I think uh, that's a that's a great point. Unfortunately, it's probably more than a few people that have used it like a club. But I have noticed a lot of people in in my circles, uh, and a lot of those, like in your circles, they're people who have struggled with this institutional faith thing many times because of how the Bible was used. And I know a lot of people who used to faithfully read the scriptures probably every day who now won't, won't even think about opening it. And so I guess my challenge, if there's any of those folks listening today, if there's any people who are just hesitant to open it because they've been hurt by it or they've been hurt by people who have misused the scriptures, maybe this is a great way to take that. Maybe this is that baby step that you need back into the scriptures. Maybe this is that one little safe space that you can just start to explore. And if it doesn't work for you, that's that's okay. Bow out. But I would say right. give it a chance because so many of us have been so fulfilled by what the scriptures have done in our lives. I always tell people, don't let people or institutions take your what's important away from you. And yeah. so if, if the scriptures have been or still are on some level important to you and you're fearful of opening them up because of what somebody else has done with them, don't let them have that power in your life and maybe take this step and let Father Scott uh, reintroduce you to the scriptures. I think, <laughs> I think you, will not, um, you will not be sorry that you did. Just so we're clear, it doesn't matter where you are. You can attend these classes. You don't have to live where Scott lives in Colorado because they are going to meet on Zoom. And this is going to be, is this Wednesday morning, I believe, it from 9.30 um, to 11 in yep. the morning. And then you you also have a social time from 11 o'clock to 11.30. So it's a, a great way to connect with people uh, around the scriptures. Yeah. And that's what happens. People connect with one another and it's wonderful.
Yeah. Which is so <laughs> like, that's how the scriptures were supposed to be, right? They were yes. supposed to be read and then kind of digested and talked about and even, you know, having differences of what we got out of things, as opposed to somebody saying, this is absolutely what this means. And you have to believe it in this way. Now, the other class that's being offered, Scott, is living the Celtic way. And I know every time I, because I talk a lot about our conversations because they're always so fascinating. And I tell them, I probably talk about you more than I talk about anybody else I know. In <laughs> you should probably know that. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, <laughs> thank you. But whenever I'm talking about Celtic way or Celtic spirituality, there's always the question that's asked of me is, well, what does that mean? And I, I try to fumble through it as best as I can, because my knowledge of it is still a little bit infantile. And so that's why this next class is so important. So why don't you give us a little introduction into the Living the Celtic Way class? I will. And the emphasis, of course, is on living, because uh, even though we do a little bit of uh, historical background stuff, which, again, is important to do. Um, but but I pick some topics and, and some personalities from history and bring them out. We take a little good look at their lives. And then we, because the class is very conversational, right? So I'll, I'll do some, some solo speaking at the beginning and, and lay the groundwork. But then we really begin to open it, open it up um, because Celtic Christianity does own its roots to a Christianity that happened in the United Kingdom centuries ago. And it's a particular brand of Christianity at that time because being separated from the continent, they weren't influenced by all the theological movements that were happening at the continent at that time. Uh, and so Celtic Christianity sprung up on very Celtic soil. Now, like many ancient peoples, the connection to nature is not unique for Celtic people. But what is unique is how quickly these Celtic pagans listened to the stories about Jesus and began to see how this related to their own journey. Celtic people were very, if I can use this word, incarnational that God was embodied in very symbolic and, and real ways, not literal, but real ways within nature and, and natural events and human experience. And Christianity provided them with an avenue of things they could relate to very much. And so there was just a, a real kinship about how the Christian movement spread without violence, without um, missionaries pounding people into submission, but rather by being a way of love and respecting the religious soil that Christianity had come to. And they made a quick home there. So the practice of rhythmic prayer, the reading of scriptures and learning a language, Celtic people were fascinated with stories and songs. When, when the monasteries began to sing the Psalms, that was like, wow. And, uh, and maybe that's, that may be one of the biggest things that the Christian movement over there began as a monastic, a contemplative, a mystical, uh, religion. Um, and as opposed to like over on the continent, it's all about 
dioceses and bishops and churches and building an empire. And um, Christianity in the UK was very much a rural thing, a very earth-centered thing. Uh, and these are many of the aspects that we highlight today. I honestly, probably some of the harshest words I have for myself and, and people in the Christian religion is we simply cannot go on any longer without recognizing the sacredness of creation. Nothing is going to change our whoremongering of the natural environment uh, if we don't see her as sacred, as a gift. And I think now people are like, okay, if nature fails, I think we're not going to make it. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, a little self-centered, but it's still part of it. And But God gave us this wonderful planet to live in harmony with. And so this is, that's a big piece of it. When we do that, we see the reality of how everything is interconnected and everyone. I went by a church sign a couple of days ago and it said, pray for our friends in Ukraine. Okay, I certainly want to do that. I noticed that what was not on the sign was pray for our enemies in Russia. Hmm. Right? I mean, it's just, you, you got to be like us, got to be with us, got to be on our side. That's not it. We're all in this together. And by the way, not all Russian people are our enemies, right? The church has kind of lost its way, I think, and sometimes is always trying to divide and separate. And the Celtic Christian message is we can't separate. When we do that, we go against what God has ordered and what God has put into place. Now, honestly, what God's intended about us to love and to get along with one another. So, always about relationships, always about God's presence in nature, always about interconnectedness, always about social justice issues. And some of my friends roll their eyes. There you go. Here we go. Here we go. Bang the drum. Yeah. I mean, if all the other things is true, that God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to love the world, um, then that's our responsibility also. It's one thing, and I'm a former pastor, it's one thing always to sit in church council meetings and people would say, how can we get more people to come to church? You know, and I'd be like, oh, damn, you know, and I get it. You've got to have butts in the seat and money in the bank and all this stuff, right? But the question we need to be asking is, is the great Celtic focus thing, like, what is the journey? What is the purpose of the, of the Christian movement? And it is a journey, which means it is a process. And you don't just get inoculated and say a prayer and you're going to go to heaven. The journey is about inside of us and with other people. What does it mean, as Paul says, to be conformed to the image of God's Son, right? And that's a process. So, living the Celtic way, we encourage people to have soul friends, that is, people to travel with, where you can be honest, vulnerable, transparent, all those comfortable words that I'm sure <laughs> churches use to grow their institutions all the time. Yeah, so we do a lot of relational building, and we do a lot of exploring of what went on before us. We're going to use St. Francis as our jumping-off part in the first class, and people say to me, St. Francis wasn't Celtic. He was Catholic. Okay, well, this is what we need to explore. The most influential monastery 
in France's life was in Bobbio. Centuries before him, it was founded by a great Celtic Christian leader named Columba. And that Celtic influence was huge in Francis's life. And if you can't see that, then you don't, you don't read Francis, you know. He turns to the scriptures, he sees God in nature, he talks to animals, he lives a very detached and simple life. He valued the equality of women, which Celtic people did all the time. So there's all these kind of things we play with and delve into and have have really imaginative uh, conversations. We struggle with some of the conversations too. People have today, I think, a very narrow view of what Christianity has been. Yeah, so a, a deep dive into living the Celtic way, also an introduction into living the Celtic way, kind of all wrapped up in one. All wrapped because, up into one. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if if you're interested in just learning about Celtic spirituality or if you've been immersed in it for a long time, I think there will be something that would be meaningful for you in this class. And these are going to be on the first and third Thursdays of each month. And that's going to start on October 6th. And they're going to be at 6.30 and go till about 8 o'clock. All the times I'm saying on this podcast are in Mountain Standard Time because that's where Scott lives. Um, but you can do the math and figure it out in your time and if you just go to our website at CelticWay.org, you'll see the tabs there that'll give you all the information that you need to sign up. But again, if what Scott was sharing just rises something up within you, just jump on board for these classes. And I know you won't, you won't regret it because yeah, it's going to start with St. Francis in uh, middle of October, St. Aidan. Then you're going to talk about the Celtic New Year, All Saints, Gifts of Death and Darkness. And in December, you're going to talk about divine and dwelling. And it's just, there's so, it's just going to be very, very rich. And so I think it's going to be a, a wonderful opportunity. Now, the last thing I want to highlight here, Scott, is there is a live event coming up at the end yeah. of October. So share with us a little bit about that. Just so many great ways to engage together. I love that we're at this place in history, kind of post, you know, really serious pandemic isolation times. And now here we are now that we're now that we're past the pandemic, but we're at a place where we can start interacting back with one another, which is exciting that we're having this event as well. Yeah. It's a great time for Celtic Christians to, to begin again our in-person meeting. We meet at the Heartlight Center, which is its own building on the grounds of a mortuary and a columbarium where uh, the remains of loved ones are buried. It's very important to get the setting here because it's on uh, October 30th. We'll start at 5 p.m. Um, we have a little um, art project that we'll do together there that'll take about 20 minutes or so. I don't want to say what it is, but it's related to the worship and the gathering of that night. And Celtic New Year begins in the darkest time of the year. We're welcoming winter, we're welcoming darkness. Uh, ancient Celtic people believe that this there is a thin veil between the living and the dead. And it's at this time of the year that the veil becomes very, very thin. And it's where you get today the ghosts and goblins come out. So ancient Celtic people used to live to leave little baked goods or treats in front of their door because when the, when the goblins would come after they were asleep, if there was no goodies out in front, they would come in and bother you, you know. And um, the Celtic Christian people truly believed in saints that, uh, like 
all Catholics, like many Christians uh, through the centuries. So this is a time of year that we remember those who have passed on through the veil. We also remember as Celtic Christians that we can ask for their prayers. And it doesn't mean like we pray to them like God, you know, but we, it would be like I would call you up on the phone and say, I have a friend who's really sick. I need you and Susie to pray for us. And you would. Same kind of thing. And we'll have some spiritual practices that night. And eventually we will walk through the columbarium in a, in a line together probably chant a song together as we walk through. We'll place flowers on some of the uh, grave markers there. And uh, it's, it's just a great way to remember the full cycle of life. Celtic people uh, really did believe that the year begins in darkness, just like the day for them began at sundown. The year begins when it's the most dark. It's a reminder from a female perspective that they understand that many men don't, that life begins in darkness, right? And like Jesus said in the Gospel of John, the seed has to fall into the ground and die before it can be born again. So, when you think about the Paschal mystery, when you think about um, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, right? So, we are in this liminal space on the night of what Celtic people called Samhain. We stand in the recognition that the darkness invites us to trust God in places we cannot see. And it also invites us to recognize the limitations, the very real limitations of what it means to be human that life does have a beginning, an end, and a new beginning, which we cannot see yet. So, pardon the pun, but it's a night pregnant with meaning and hope and realization and being together uh, in a very solemn, sacred, and eventually a wonder-filled evening. So, if you're in the area, we'd love to have you. And all the details will be posted on our website very soon. Yeah. So, keep your eye on the website again, CelticWay.org. So, three really practical and great ways to just dive in here and connect with like-minded people who are exploring faith in similar ways that you likely are or in different ways that will challenge you and create wonderful conversation. So I'm going to, in the show notes of this episode, I'll link all of those classes so you can register right there and all the times and everything will be included as well. And of course, we'll let you know about that live event and we'll put some more details up about uh, the details of that uh, coming as well. So thanks, Scott, for jumping on with me and just giving some highlights of what's coming up. And speaking of what's coming up, you were just sharing with me and we're not going to give away who the people are, but we we're going to start having some more guests on the podcast. In the oh boy. Wow. And, uh, and when you were mentioning who's coming on, I got pretty excited. So I'm so excited. Stay tuned for some really exciting conversations. And uh, until next time, uh, have a great rest of your day and continue exploring your faith in, in wonderful ways. To support the Celtic Way podcast, be sure to subscribe to it, give it a five-star rating, and write a review. And if you'd like to become a sustaining member, please go to our website at www.celticway.org. Find us on Facebook at Celtic Way.